0: All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to the house. It's so good to have all of our Faith Church family here in Florence. It's good to see your faces. Can we show some love and welcome our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family, our Shoals Campus Faith Church family. It's good to have you guys as well. Everybody else watching online, thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the service today. We say it every week. Come on. We believe that Jesus, he's the hope of the world. So whoever you are, whatever you're going through, your issue, your hurt, your heartache or your habit. We believe if you open up your life to Jesus, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. Come on, how many people already know that's true? Come on, can we give God some praise for his goodness and his mercy and his grace? Well, here we are at Gatbo 2022. How many people's excited to be here, man? I'm. We love this series each and every year. If you're new here and you've never been a part of a church service that opened with a secular song and played movie clips and you wonder what's going on, we're glad you're here. The reason we do what we do is because we believe that we're taking a page out of the playbook of Jesus. Jesus taught primarily by something called parables. A parable was something that Jesus would take, something that was very common in culture, something that was very familiar to people who lived in his time. And he would leverage things that were familiar to teach things that were not familiar. That he would take things that were physical to teach spiritual principles. He would would take things like farming. He would take things like debt collection. He would take things like building buildings, things that people at that time knew about, and he would teach spiritual principles. Well, I don't know about you guys, how many people love a good movie? Anybody here love a good movie? So what we do is we believe movies are so big and common in our culture that we take movies that are big movies that are blockbusters, and we just leverage. We don't agree with every movie. We don't agree with every scene. We're not saying we back everything happening in Hollywood. What we're doing is we're taking something, again, that many of you are familiar with to teach you something, not about box office hits. I want to teach you something about God. And so we're so glad you're here. We hope that you open up your heart and you have a pretty radical encounter over the next four weeks as we move through Gabbo. So as you saw on the clip, today we're talking about the movie Top Gun Maverick. How many people happen to see Top Gun? Come on, all of our campuses, raise hand. Anybody here think that was a really great movie? Anybody come and make some noise? I'll be honest, uh, it had the effect on me. Now, if you were raised in the 70s, 80s, early 90s, you're going to get this. It had the same effect on me that Rocky did. Now, if you're younger, I would say Creed. Anybody remember back in the day you went and seen Rocky and you walked out thinking, I hope somebody bumps into me. Like, you just believe, like, I can just beat up the world right now because you watched Rocky. Anybody remember that? I, I felt the same. I'm cheering. And I, make, I make noise anyways in the theater. But, man, I was so fired up at this movie. I walked out and I went to see if I could join the Air Force and fly. fly apparently, I'm too old. But, like, that was the feeling. Like, that, that movie had me jacked up. Now, if you didn't see the movie, you don't have to see the movie to be a part of today, but just a quick overall plot point. The movie Maverick is about this young school of elite pilots, the best of the best of the best. And they have to fight and they have to go fly this mission and they know they're going to come up against Russian fifth generation MiGs, planes that are better than the American planes. And they think there's no, way we can, there's no way we can fly this mission. There's no way we can accomplish this mission. Well, in comes the primary character, Tom Cruise's character, Maverick. And his goal is to teach this group of pilots who think they know all there is to know about piloting, that there's something you don't know. And if you're willing to learn, you can fly this mission and you can accomplish it. And so the entire principle of the movie is about just being teachable. Everybody say teachable being teachable. I mean, it's such a great, if you've not seen it, I would encourage you to take some time and check it out. Just a great movie. Great movie. So in the last couple of years, I have uh, picked up the game of golf again. I picked it up for a while and had to put it down out of frustration. Never really played a lot, but playing the game of golf recently in the last couple of years, I picked it up last year, bought new clubs and got back in the game. And any golf people in the house? It a couple of us. So here's the thing I, uh, I have learned in playing that I'm, I'm a little bit better than I used to be, and I get a little less frustrated than I used to get, and I, I'm a little less awful than I used to be. So I'm not good. I'm just less awful. But here's what I found out in appreciation of the game is, is I started watching golf on TV. Now, I'm with you. I used to think about people watching golf on TV like, how old do you have to be? How boring is your life that you watch golf? But when you maybe play the game, you find this appreciation for pro-level golf that it really is incredible how well they play the game. I got to watch this year for the first year, Scotty Scheffler won the 2022 Masters. If you don't know, Scotty Scheffler is a Christian, so it was incredible to watch a believer rise to that next level. It's just amazing to watch the game. And especially when you watch people like, who is the goat of golf? One, two, three, Tiger Woods. When you watch how good he is the game, Tiger Woods is the GOAT of golf. And I learned something I didn't know before. This is, I think this is interesting. Did you know that Tiger Woods, the greatest to ever play the game, did you know he had four swing coaches in his career? He always had a swing coach. Y'all aren't maybe where I'm at. Let me just say that again. The GOAT had a coach. If you're the best to ever do something, if... I should be coaching. You can't tell me anything because I'm the best at it. Think about that. That the goat had a coach. Tiger Woods was still at the peak of his game. The best to ever play the game was to will it was willing to be teachable and learn. And he's not the only one. Many of the greatest athletes in their perspective sports have been known to be teachable. Uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Serena Williams, Tom Brady. Some of the greatest to ever play in their perspective sports are known to be teachable. Which means even though they're the best at what they do, they're still open to say, I can be better if I'm willing to learn. Now, I'm just telling you, sometimes we don't feel like there's anything to learn or we don't need to learn. Nobody can show me. But if you want to be the best at life, you have to be teachable. If you're taking notes, being teachable is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're broke. It just means I can be better at life. How many people here want to be better just at life? If you're going to be better... You have to be teachable. Now, when I say it's not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of wisdom, I take that from the Bible. The book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is a book of wisdom. And here's what the writer, this is what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 12, verse one. I love it, all of our campuses, Lawrenceburg, Shoals. Let's read this together, every voice. Proverbs chapter 12, verse one says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is... Let's read it one more time. Whoever loves instruction loves, but he who hates correction is. Anybody else here raised in a house where it was almost an expletive to say, call somebody stupid? Like we weren't allowed to call people stupid. We raised our kids. You can call them other things. You just can't call them stupid. But then you get to the Bible. In the Bible, God's word says to us that if you don't love instruction, if you're a person that hates to be corrected, you are. Stupid. Now I want you to know Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, he's not throwing shade. He's not trying to diss anybody. He's not just trying to be mean-spirited. When he says the word stupid, that if you don't love instruction, if you hate to be corrected, when he calls you stupid, he's saying literally you're stupid and perpetually you're stupid. Because here's why. The solution for being ignorant is information. And if you're too proud to receive information, if you're too proud to receive instruction, then you'll perpetually be ignorant. You're just going to remain stupid. And so the goal is for us to swing through this thing, to make this change where we open up our lives, where we're willing to learn in every arena and be teachable. Everybody say teachable. Now let's just take a little quiz together. Let's find out if you are teachable. Here's some things to know if you are teachable. If you have chronic failure in a specific area of your life, you may not be teachable. Like if you keep failing financially, if you keep failing relationally, if you keep failing in friendships, if you keep failing, it's because you are not willing to learn what you need to break the chronic failure. If you get, if you get defensive at an instruction you might not be teachable. Like if somebody tries to come and give you some kind of instruction and and you start thinking like, I'm good, I don't need any help, you might not be teachable. If you get offended at correction, if a boss, a coworker, a friend tries to come correct you and your first thought is who are you, you may not be teachable. If you're a know-it-all, I had that one locked and loaded, we're gonna come back to that. If you're a know-it-all, if you think you are always right, you may not be teachable. If you don't accept correction, if, you're, if you don't lean into conversations, if you always think you're the smartest person in the room, the smartest person at the table, and the smartest person in the conversation, you may not be teachable. Sometimes there might be somebody smarter than you who can teach you something you don't know, but first you got to shut your mouth and open your ears to hear who they are, but you won't do that unless you are Teachable. And so there are some things, I think, where if we blame everybody for what's wrong in our life, it's because maybe we are not teachable. And so this idea you find littered throughout scripture, it's this challenge to call us to be teachable. In fact, the Bible says it this way, that the wise are glad to be instructed. Who's glad to be instructed? The wise. And I think if we're really honest, and I can say this, I have wrestled with this message because I need this message. There are areas in my life that I don't always feel like I'm as teachable as maybe I even need to be. The wise, sometimes, again, the Bible says, the wise are, we're glad to be instructed. Sometimes we're not glad. Sometimes we're mad to be instructed. Who are you to tell me? I don't need your help. I know more than you. I've been in the industry more than you. I've been in this career more than you. Sometimes we get sad if we get instructed, like, man, we just feel bummed out like something's wrong with us, that somebody had to come and help us. We feel like, wow, I should have known that. Don't allow yourself to get sad, don't allow yourself to get mad. Get glad that wisdom's coming your way because if you will love instruction and not hate correction, come on, that's how you escape being stupid. That's how you get past. I want you to think about this, the gap, the difference between ignorant people and intelligent people. It's not the amount of information. It's the awareness to a lack of information. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Smart people know what they know and truly smart people know what they don't know. And dumb people think they know it all. Come on, y'all gotta help me today. Like, everybody thinks because I got a TikTok channel and I watch YouTube, like I know, I watch a 30 second TikTok channel and now you know better than the doctors who went to school for 12 years. You know better than the professionals because you watch a two minute right thing on, on YouTube. Come on, we live in a culture and society if you're not paying attention yet, we all think we know it all. And if you know it all, you're not willing to learn something new. And what I've come to say today is God wants believers above everybody else to be people who are teachable so we can go to another level of life to be teachable, to be teachable. And here's what the Bible says. Watch this. Listen, in Proverbs chapter 13, it says, if you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. But if you accept correction, you will be honored. Let's try that again. What'll happen if you ignore criticism Every, come on, every voice here. If we're in church. This is a participatory story. Let's try this. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. But if you accept correction, what will happen? You'll be Let's go. Right here. <laughs> Give it a hug. So it's like you have to decide in every arena and area of life whether you're going to go into a situation and humble yourself enough to be teachable to learn something. Because at the end of the day, guys, I want you to ask again, we don't know it all. I want you to look at a person next to you at all of our campuses, Lawrenceville Schools. I'm giving you permission to look at the person next to you and tell them, you don't know it all. Oh, well, some of you had some resentment on it. I could hear it up here. Some of you have been waiting for permission to say that. Let's do it one more time. Look at him and tell him, you don't know it all. No, you missed. You weren't looking at me. Now, look, at me. you got you to gotta do some of that. You don't know it all. Everybody say this. Say, I don't know it all. We don't know it all. Think about this. When we are born and we come into this world, you are absolutely 100% ignorant. There's nothing you know. And a significant part of life is Learning. We learn social skills, we learn career skills, we learn life skills. And the more we learn and the more we grow, the better and the more successful that we can become. And while many of us at all of our campuses, we have, there's much that we've learned, here's what you need to know today, is that there are things that you currently don't know that you need to know if you're gonna go to the next level of life. And the only way you'll learn what you need to know to get to that next level is if you are teachable. Are you teachable? And again, it's in every area. I want to just give you a couple examples. Think about this. When you talk about being teachable, this idea of escaping where we are and growing to another level, it's true when it comes to the idea of finances. Again, when the Bible tells us that if you ignore criticism, you'll end in poverty. Some of you are in financial poverty. Some of you are in relational poverty. Some of you are in physical health poverty. Some of you are in career poverty. And you might think it's because of this thing. And really at the end of the day, it's because you're not willing and open to learn and be teachable. Let's talk about money. I think a lot of times we look at life and we believe if we had more money that things would be okay. That's a natural thing. If I just got a better job, if I made more money, I would be more financially secure. What I have found is more accurate. It's It's not how much money you have. It's the amount of money management skills that you have. You know how I know that's true is because each and every year, professional athletes who go into a particular sport making millions of dollars for the first time in their life, lottery winners who scratch off, who pick the right numbers, who get hundreds of millions of dollars, many of them end up broke because it's not the amount of money you have, it's the amount of money management skills you have, which means if you're willing to learn something about managing your money and creating a budget in your house, you don't have to make more money to be successful, you just got to be teachable with the money you have. Everybody shout teachable. I came to preach today. I ain't been up here in a minute. And I missed it. Let's go, somebody. Let me give you another one. If you want to be successful in marriage, here's, a, here's something you need to know. Here's, here's what makes a marriage successful is learning to meet the needs of your partner. Now, the problem is when you start to struggle in marriage, it's because probably you don't know what your partner needs. And the problem, at least speaking from a man's side, is when when you struggle in marriage, you know who you go talk to it about? Your homeboys, whose marriage is probably as bad or worse than yours. And ladies, let me just let you on a little. When we get together, uh, it's unfortunate, but sometimes we're like, we talk bad about you. (laughs) And our our buddies co-signed it. I can't believe she did that. She did what? My wife better never. We talk big when you're not around too, just to let you know. We hear you coming. We lower down real quiet. Let me tell you who you need to talk to. If you're going to have a successful marriage, the only way you can get there is by being teachable, is learning something you don't currently know. And the way you need to learn it, you don't need to talk to other guys about how to be a good husband. Come on, listen, the way you learn how to be a good husband is you got to learn from your wife because it's her needs that you need to meet. So quit asking your homeboys and your buddies and your friends, what kind of husband do I need to be? Ask your wife. If you want to learn how to be a good wife, you got to learn from your husband because he's the need. I'm not, now there are some, there are some caveats that, but I mean, generally speaking, we have to learn from one another if we're gonna have a successful marriage when it comes to parenting. Now listen to me, I've had kids and I have grandkids and they go through the terrible twos and they go through the obnoxious sixes and they go through the know-it-all teenager years and I just want you to know something, parenting is incredibly difficult, but it is not about the attitude of your child, it is about the aptitude of your parenting. If you'll learn to be a better parent, you will have a better kid, that's a fact, because teachableness will take us to another level. It's just about being willing to be learn, uh, teachable and to learn something you don't know. When it comes to your career path, some of you need to hear this. Shoals and Lawrenceburg, there is more than one way to do what you're doing. And sometimes a boss or a coworker will come and give you some instruction and you get offended. And we just need to be teachable. We just need to be willing to learn. I'm embarrassed to tell this story, but... I've been in ministry now for a long time, went into ministry in April, 1993. So I've been doing this for a long time, became a lead pastor in August of 2000. And I remember when I came in and I stepped into the helm of leading the church, I had this idea come to me and this was the idea I had. I'm not gonna read someone else's book on how to grow a church. I'm gonna figure it out on myself and then I'll write the book. That sounded good, didn't it? Had some stuff on it. Let me say it again. Because it played through my head multiple times. I'm not going to read somebody else's book on how to grow a church. I'm going to figure it out myself and then I'll write the book. <laughs> Don't nobody need to tell me. I'll figure it out. I'm beyond, I'm better. About a year in, I got my hands on, it was actually an e-book. I found it online. Pastor Nelson Searcy, pastors of the church up in New York City. And he wrote a book on systems how to develop systems where things happen intentionally in church. And that book marked my ministry. And I'll tell you, there's one of the things that we do that I believe is out of, at the end of the day, it's all glory to Jesus. But I believe in intelligent, intentional leadership. One of the things we do well as a church is systems. And I was willing to learn from somebody who knew more than I knew, was doing better than I was doing and I was willing to take a page out of his playbook that took me to another level of success. The level of your success is determined by your level of teachableness. You can never succeed, you can never succeed beyond your pride. And so God's word steps in and says, hey man, you just have to be teachable. Let me give you another one, health. How many people in this room, Lawrence burr Schultz, how many people have ever had something, something wrong with you, something ain't working right, you don't feel good, you're sick, and you go to see a doctor and you, you go see the doctor and you tell them what's wrong and they give you a prescription, they tell you what you need to do, they send you physical therapy and you don't go, you don't take the prescription, you walk out thinking they don't know what they're talking about. Anybody here ever not listen to a doctor, just just wave at me. Now, now, come on, every hand ought to be up in this house. Listen, you need to take all these antibiotics, don't quit taking them when you get halfway through and start feeling You need to take them all the way. I got nine Bottles, half filled bottles of. Come on, do you know why? Because I'm like, that doctor don't know why? Because I read 30 seconds on WebMD. I don't need to listen to this guy that's been in medical school for 18 years. Come on, we think we know it all. I was working out. I went up to see my parents in Ohio um, about a month ago, and while I was out and while I was there, I'm I'm trying to stay in the gyms, trying to stay to work out. And I go to Planet Fitness because at Planet Fitness, I'm always the strongest guy in the gym. That's my secret. I don't go to Crunch because I'm way down. Anyways. (laughs) So there was a Planet Fitness in Akron where I went and I walked in. And, and some of you, seen the, you see these on TikTok and people in there are trying to do their thing. And there's a machine that has a platform on it, has two bars here and has a bar here. And basically, it's a weight-assisted thing that you can do dips. You put your weight on and you can do dips. While I'm looking at this girl, and obviously she didn't read the huge instruction manual on the side of the machine. And she's like, she's like learning how to crank a motorcycle. <laughs> And I really wanted to tell her, but I don't know where I'm not in a relationship, so I just let her go on about it. But I'm just saying, at some point, if you're going to get healthy, you got to learn from somebody who knows more than you about physical fitness. You have to learn from physicians who know more than you about the f- physical body. If you're going to get together in marriage and grow to another level, you got to learn from somebody besides people who aren't doing it any better than you're doing it. If we're going to succeed in managing our money, we got to learn from people who've learned how to do it. And the only way we can do that is humble ourselves enough to be teachable. There's a line in this movie, it is the key line, it's called, it says this, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. I mean, I love that line. And what Maverick was trying to teach this elite school of pilots was this, the Russians might have better planes than us, but it's not the plane, it's the pilot. What he was saying to these pilots and what I'm trying to tell you today is it's not the situation that you find yourself in life. The limitation is not your situation. The limitation is your teachableness. You can learn to another level in every single area of life. If you can't, we can't live something new if we're not willing to learn something new. Let's say that together. We can't live something new if we won't learn something new if you want to live at a different level in any area of life, you got to be willing to learn. You just have to be willing to set it down. Well, why don't we? At the end of the day, what keeps us from being teachable It's pride. It's again, it's this idea that I don't need to learn. Nobody can show me anything. The Bible says that pride goes before destruction Pride goes before destruction, which again, if somebody comes and tries to correct you or give you instruction or tries to help you learn something you don't know, if you're too proud to learn it, if you're not willing to humble yourself enough to say, hey, I need that information, listen, pride won't let you experience correction, will keep you on the road to destruction. You'll keep going on the path you're on if you're not willing to be teachable. As as a pastor and as the leader of this house, and uh, I'm the guy who does the hiring and the firing. I, I learned something pretty early in, in hiring people. If you hire anybody, you, need, you just need to hear this. Always hire character over talent. Always hire character over talent. I made the mistake one time of hiring talent over character, and I'll never make that mistake again. I, but Here's why. It's because, it's because you can teach talent. You can't develop character. And so one of the things that we look for when we're trying to hire a position, we're trying to find somebody, we want somebody, again, that has character. We want to know they love the Lord, want to know, man, that they're just people of of character. Specific A specific character trait we try to look for is somebody who's teachable. As a young Christian, I used to hear this from the guy who helped me move forward in my spiritual journey. He said, God wants us to be fat. I took that literally, but (laughs) faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, available, and teachable. And so when we're looking to hire somebody, one of the things we look for is, are these people teachable? Are they willing to learn? Because if they're not willing to learn, they can never grow with our organization because we're going somewhere. And if they think they have it all figured out, they won't grow with us. They'll keep us stuck where they are. If you're going to move forward in life, you can only go beyond the level of your teachableness. I don't know about you guys, but again, over the last, I was out of the pulpit four out of the last five weeks. I think we had some pretty incredible young communicators who stepped up to the plate and brought the words. Anybody thankful for them? Matt and Pastor Mitch in Lawrenceburg and Braden, Pastor Austin. Who else do we have? Ty. And I told you guys going into it, these are young communicators that I've been working with. That means they had to be willing to sit and hear me tell them, here's how you can be a better communicator. And if they thought they had it all figured out or they knew everything there was to know about teaching and preaching and being a communicator, they would never grow to another level. They had to be willing to say, I'm humble enough to learn something I don't know so I can live something I've not lived. And so I say everything I'm saying today to say that while this principle of being teachable, come on, everybody say, are you teachable? Are you willing to learn? Are you humble enough to take correction?" When people come and serve, literally, we can't do what we do without hundreds of people serving at all of our campuses. A lot of the builds you see are people who said, hey, I'll, I'll build that. Man, can we just give it up, man? This just some incredible talent and help. Thank you for everybody who helped with that. But sometimes we'll have people who come on and want to join a team, and we're so thankful. That's how we serve as a family. That's how we do what we do together as a church. That's how we're reaching people and growing. Is by us serving together. But sometimes we'll have people come and they're serving. They've been teachers for X amount of years and and they'll say they're willing to serve in our kids' department and they're not willing to learn our systems because they think they already know it all because they're a teacher. And we're not saying you don't know a lot. We're just saying you might need to learn some new things because this is how we do things. We have an incredible security team and sometimes we feel like, man, while people have law enforcement experience, there's things we need them to learn to do what we do. But if you're not teachable, sometimes you won't fit on the team. If you're not teachable, sometimes you won't succeed. If you're not teachable, sometimes you can't go to the next level. And the place that this is true the most is in our spiritual journey. I want you to think about this for a minute. If you, were to, if you were to describe, if you were to give a noun, who are you? When it comes to your faith, when it comes to your religion, when it comes to your spirituality, most of us would call ourselves a Christian. High people here would say they're a Christian. Doesn't have to be everybody. If you're not a Christian, man, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. But a lot of people today would define themselves, I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N. I'm a Christian. Did you know the Bible only calls people of faith Christians three times? Just three. Say, well, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe in God's word. I'm a believer. Anybody here a believer? Did you know the word believer is only used in the Bible six times? Do you know who the Bible describes us as? This, this journey we're on, this thing we're participating in, this, this belief system we have, do you know how the Bible defines you and I? We're disciples. The word Christians use three times, the word believers use six times, the word disciple is used 256 times. Anybody want to take a guess on what disciple means? A disciple is a learner which means the only way you can move forward and grow in your relationship with God and do what God's called you to do is if you are willing and humble enough to be a learner, which means you are stuck in a spiritual place if you are too proud to learn. Come on, somebody, I'm just come to tell you that God wants all of us, what he's called us to, what he's invited us to, is to be learners. What Jesus said was, come and follow me, come and learn of me, come and check me out, come and take a page out of my playbook. And I'm just telling you, if you're not teachable, you'll never learn. If you're not teachable, you'll never grow. If you're not teachable, you won't walk in your purpose. If you're not teachable, you won't fulfill your destiny. If you're not teachable, we won't reach this world together. God has called us to be people who are Teachable. Are you teachable? When you look at the ministry of Jesus, there's lots of things that talk about who he was and what he did. He was a prophet. He spoke for God. He was a priest. He was the mediator. Jesus is the one who stands between us and the Father. He's a king. This kingdom he came to introduce, Jesus is the king of the kingdom. He was a healer. I don't know where you're at and I don't know what you're going through. I want you to know that the Jesus we read about in the New Testament who healed every single person who was broken who came to him Bible says he does not change. There is no variance. There is no shadow of change in him. Micah tells us that God never changes. He is who he is, which means the God who healed in the New Testament is the God who heals today. And no matter what you're going through physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, the God we serve is big enough to heal you, restore you, and renew you. Come on, somebody. That's who he is. And so while Jesus had all of these tags and titles and there was all these things to define who he was and what he did, the thing that defined him in large part was that Jesus was an incredible teacher. Over 60 times defining who Jesus was and what he did, the word teach, Jesus taught. Jesus taught about who God the Father was. Jesus taught about what the kingdom was like. Jesus taught about how his disciples, how his learners were called to live. Jesus taught. Jesus taught. And we all know it. Look around. Jesus is gone. He's not here. After the resurrection, Jesus, 40 days, he showed himself alive. People wonder, like, is that legit? There are witnesses. That's why we have the New Testament. There are documents recording the evidence that Jesus did die on the cross, did go in the tomb, and three days later did come out of the grave. And because he lives, we get to live too. And at one time, he showed himself to over 500 people alive. But then he ascended to heaven. But he said this before he left. This is really important. So not only was Jesus a teacher, listen to this. In John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 26, watch this. Jesus said, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is who? Come on, that is who? The Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. So Jesus, one of his primary offices was that he came to be a teacher. And he said, now that I'm leaving, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. So if you are a believer and you've put your faith in Jesus, the moment you became a child of God, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. And part of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to teach you, but he can't teach you unless you are humble enough to learn. And then I get called, I have the privilege as your pastor, a large part of what I do is to be a teacher. And the source material for what I teach is the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Basic instruction before leaving earth. Anybody down with the Bible? Come on. So, so I want you to listen to this. Jesus showed up and he came to be a teacher. He left and sent the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. He gave us the word of God to be our teacher he gave us the five-fold ministry apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers to help us come on to learn and the only way you can learn from jesus learn from the holy spirit learn from the word of god and learn from spiritual leaders is if you are humble enough to be A learner. i just need you on the front row every week are you teachable Again, it's it's so easy. I'll be honest. When you hear that, you're like, yeah, I'm teachable. Until we hear something we don't like. Until we hear it from somebody we don't like. If I've not offended you yet, I will hear. And if I don't hear, I definitely will with one of the last things I say. So just get ready. Everybody reach right. Come on, you gotta help me. Reach right, pull down and left. Buckle up. We, not necessarily as Christians, and some of you mistake nationalism for Christianity, and those ideas are not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they're definitely not the same. And we believe what we believe about our political affiliation and political ideation, and it just is what it is. And I would just challenge you to be a critical thinker and open yourself up to an opinion you don't have and read a book you don't agree with. Because we just hear somebody say something, we're like, well, well, maybe they're right. I mean, all you know is they're wrong, so you're just not even gonna even entertain the idea. If you're not teachable, you are stuck you're the best person, man, woman, husband, student, career, Fine. you are stuck where you are until you learn something new. And we already said it. I think we agreed. You don't know all there is to know. There are things that are missing off your educational resume that has you stuck on a career path in life. And I don't mean your job. I mean life. And Jesus comes along and says, man, I've got, I've got so much to tell you and it'll change who you are. It'll transform your life. It'll change your marriage, your mindset, your home, your world. It'll change everything. But the only way that you can get it is got to be humble enough to say, I don't know that and I need to learn that. I, I, I have to let go of old ideas. I have to embrace new ideas. And Jesus said, I'll teach you. And when I'm not here, I'll send the Holy Spirit who will teach you. And I'll put pastors in your life who will teach you. And I'll give you my word that will teach you. But the only way you can glean anything from it is got to stop being proud and arrogant. you got to stop hating information and hating correction. You have to be willing to look at your idea and say, I might be wrong. Teach me. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. And so the Bible says this in 2 Timothy 3.16. I want us to read it together. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, all of our campuses, come on one more time, let's read that together. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for. Teaching. <sighs> what is God's word for? Every time you do your devotions, every time you open your Bible, every time you show up in church, one of four things, maybe more than one, but at least one of four things should be happening. You should be taught something, you should be rebuked about something. You used to be corrected about something or you should be trained about something. Every scripture, every verse, every word, every sermon, every message, God's is, it's divinely inspired. It's not just a book, it's a living document that'll speak to your life, it'll change your heart, it'll satisfy a weary soul. It is a light to the dark place. It is the path that lightens our, it is the the light that lightens our path. It's everything we need. It's the living word of God. It is the bread of life. Come on, it is the living water. That's what the word is to us. But if we're not willing to receive it, we'll reject it and we will stay in our arrogance and our ignorance. These four words, just real quick, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Here's what they mean. They're they're very similar. Teaching means teaching you beliefs you didn't have before you read it. Like you learn new things. Man, I didn't know that about God. Many of you in this house, because this is the area we live in, And I'm not not coming to throw shade, but I know so many people who live in this area, you grew up in a certain kind of church with a certain kind of pastor that stood on the platform and made it sound like God was excited that people are going to hell. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God loves every single person. God loves everybody. That's why he sent his son for everybody. God's not excited anybody's going to hell and he's not up shouting about hell. I just want you to know something. If you came up in that kind of church, you might've missed something. What I found out and what maybe you need to find out today is the God we serve is a God of mercy. His mercy endures for a thousand generations you're not serving God because you've hung on to him you're serving God because he hung on to you because he loves you far more than you can I could ever love him come on and so you start learning something new so what is the purpose of God's Word it's to teach me I, I, I have new beliefs because of the word rebuking man I've, I've believed that my whole life I didn't know that it rebukes you you're holding on to beliefs that aren't true Sat with somebody who came to help us build and put things in place this past week. And, and that's what he said. He said, pastor, he said, I, I was raised in church my whole life. He said, I thought I was saved my whole life. He said, I came to faith church. And he said, I heard the gospel in a whole new way. That's what he said. He said, I know now I'm saved and I have a relationship with God. So he thought he knew something his entire life until he was, a humble, until he was humble enough to learn something new. So it's willing to learn new beliefs and let go of old beliefs, correcting its behaviors, to let go of old behaviors and training, embrace new behaviors. Because as we take in information and we put out transformation, that's how we become the people that Jesus died for us to become. The goal is not to get to heaven The goal is that the kingdom of heaven comes to earth and changes you and I in the world we live in. And we can't change unless we're teachable enough. So let me just say it one more time. Jesus came to be a teacher, sent the Holy Spirit to be a teacher, gave you spiritual leaders to be teachers. gave you the word of God to teach you. And we live in a current culture and society. Here it goes. One more time, reach up to the right down to the left I'm not saying you have to be here every Sunday there's Sundays I miss but we live in an increasingly declining culture of church attendance and I would just say this that maybe absence equals arrogance I don't need to learn there's nothing new that pastor's gonna tell me and maybe your willingness to do everything else but to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn is what has you locked in to a challenging place in life. And so I just would invite us together to say, Lord, will you just show me the area of my life I need to learn? Show me the area of my life where I've been too proud to grow as a husband, to grow as a person. Lord, will you show me the area of my life that I've been too arrogant? And God, I'm on a path of destruction. But Lord, you said if I would love correction, I'd have honor. Lord, you told me if I love correction, man, that's, That's wisdom. So all across this room, I just wanna pray that the Lord would open your hearts at Lawrenceburg and Shoals, everybody watching online. Do you know again, how we get where we are as Christ followers is we believe for the first time, we're not good people, we're broken, we're sinful. We believe for the first time that Jesus isn't just another religious leader teacher, but we believe for the first time that he's the savior of the world. We don't believe he came just to be a teacher. We believe that he came to die on the cross for our sin. And when we believe those things, when we put all of our faith that we're broken and he's whole, that we need a savior and he's our savior, in that moment, you become a child of God. That's the power of real information. It'll transform a heart forever. And so at all of our campuses, man, will you bow your heads and your hearts and let's pray together. Father. Lord, I admit it. God, I, sometimes I'm arrogant. Sometimes I think I know it all. Sometimes I'm, I'm resentful towards correction. But Lord, you have called us and you told us to be teachable. As your followers, God, we're called to be learners. As so Lord, I pray at all of our campuses that God, we would embrace a new season of learning. We would lean into people who know more than us. We, God, we would open up ourselves to things we never knew about you, things we never learned in your word, that we can be the people that you've called us to be, that we can live at a level that you've called us to live. So Lord God, we repent of pride and arrogance and we humble ourselves once again to be students of your word, students of the Holy Spirit, students of people around us that have more wisdom than we have. Lord, help us to be teachable in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees, said amen.